Before I became a patient of Temesco Wellness, I'd worry when my cannabis supply was running low. I need cannabis to live pain-free. Temesco Wellness is expanding its network in Massachusetts with a care center in Hudson and two new centers in Framingham and Pittsfield opening soon. Our friendly, professional staff connects with patients to understand their medical conditions and help them choose the cannabis products that provide the most symptom relief. I just called the number on their website and a Temesco Wellness specialist walked me through applying for the Massachusetts Medical Marijuana Program. Once I was approved, I went to the center in Hudson. Not only did they have my favorite strain, they recommended a low-dose edible that's helped with sustained symptom relief. Our testing and production facility in Worcester means the quality of the products we cultivate for our Massachusetts patients is controlled and monitored by Temesco Wellness from seed to display. And we apply the same rigorous standards to the third-party retail products we carry. Temesco Wellness took all the stress out of getting the cannabis products I rely on. Visit ma.temescowellness.com to learn more and get connected to the Massachusetts Medical Cannabis Program. Mesco Wellness, quality cannabis for a better quality of life. Wow, well, welcome. Another big week. It's the Young Jerks, WEMF Radio. It's uh, my name, Mike Crawford, the host. I, I'm almost speechless this week. There's so much going on, and there's been so much going around the station and the show and uh, the great talent we have here. Uh, and... and we're going to make some announcements today, and, and expect more. We've, we've been just every week there's been major things happening. Again, my name is Mike Crawford. I'm the host. I'm sitting here with uh, Judy Foster. I'm in here. From the reality t- uh, TV and radio show over at Boston Praise Radio and TV. Thanks for having me, Mike. I just love having you. I love being here. Yeah. yeah. Here, you're wearing your hero shirt today? Yeah, I am. I just came back from the Hero Nature uh, walk that I do every Saturday, 12 o'clock at the Blue Hills. Who people hit me up telling me I should go. Well, yeah, I've been trying to woo you forever, <laughs> but I know you have your dog walking. Gig. Too many dogs. Someday <laughs> yeah. I won't have dogs. Well, listen, and I, won't I understand. We're just talking about the dogs. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So it's all good. And uh, we also have uh, some other folks here. We're, we're excited. We're going to get right to it. Uh, we, Calvin uh, Feliciano is in the studio. He's around. We're going to have him on mic very soon. Uh, the, what does he call himself? The Chief Troll a lot? He's got a million names. <laughs> yeah, I can't oh, even like, keep up. A Troll J Simpson. Yeah. Simpson. Sim, I can't quite even a say few, Simpson today. Quite a few today. aliases. Yeah. That's a hard for me today. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm going to be slipping. And my lisp is going to come out from my child today because I'm very happy. As am uh, I. Yeah. 617-903-7464 is the phone number. If you want to call in today, leave us lots of instant feedback. Uh, we have a huge guest, so we want to get right to it. Uh, I want to make sure before we do that, we make... Uh, Many mentions that we have a big event coming up uh, on primary. We just uh, put this together in the <laughs> last 48 I'm, I'm hours. I'm giddy right now. We're going to have a primary event here in uh, studio, WEMF Radio, primary night. Uh, we're going to have candidates in studio uh, running for uh, district attorney Michael Maloney. Yes. Uh, I'm supposed to read the whole thing. We'll read that later, but we're definitely going to talk about that because it's Judy and I. Yes. We're going to be co-hosting a special election show sure, here. Sure. I am giddy. I'm giddy. <laughs> I'm giddy right now. I know, right? Yes. Uh, we're awesome. giddy about everything that's happening here. Uh, and uh, we've been working on stuff for a long time, and it's very exciting to see where, where, where things have been progressing. Yes. 
So uh, let's get right to it. We have a major, major, major guest here. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm so happy that she's running. I know she took some criticism for running for this office, and I'm just like, what do people think now? I, I think it's the best thing ever that we have. We should have more campaigns, more people challenging, no matter what. It shouldn't be just uh, about party over what's right for democracy, which is having the issues heard, having debates, having uh, forums, having people have a say in you know, an election every once in a while that matters. And uh, this has really turned into that. And so I'm very happy. I, you know, I like the incumbent. I've been friends with him for years. Uh, I'm torn on it, but it doesn't matter. I'm just so happy she's here. I'm happy she's running. I'm happy for who she is. Yes. You know, just yes. like, I, I'll give her that, like, the biggest, that's the biggest endorsement. Like, Absolutely. we love her. Right? Absolutely. We love her. Yes, we do. Well, thank you, family. City Councilor uh, Ayanna Presley running for U.S. Congress. Welcome to the show. I'll give you a round of applause. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let me clap, let me, let me clap y'all. This incredible platform, and uh, it's wonderful to be with um, old friends and to make some new ones. And, you know, Calvin and Judith and I have known each other a long time. Absolutely. I'm pleased to meet all of you and just so grateful, you know, for the opportunity. So. And uh, tell like you're a Boston City Council right now, and some of the things I love. Right. right. What's that? <laughs> Go on. Yes. Are you still here? You are, right? Am yes, I, I am. Okay. Well, yes. I want to make sure because sometimes I screw up. No. I no. screw up big time last week. And uh, it just happens. It's okay. I'm, you know, we're not my perfect. Mind. We're not perfect. Yeah, we're yes. not. So, yes. but uh, you're running for U.S. Congress right now against Michael Capuano. It's a very contested race uh, in the Democratic primary. Um, you know, you have some major endorsements, uh, Ocasio, uh, 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 I'm going to screw up the name. Can you someone? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Endorse you. She's all, like, she's been campaigning for you. Um, why did you decide to run? Like, why, you know, because a lot of people wouldn't have run because it's a Democrat in office, you're a Democrat, and it's not an open seat. He's pretty well liked. Why did you decide to take up this race this time? Yeah. Why not? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I am sad that none of you had the, the pleasure, the privilege, and the honor of knowing my uh, beloved and departed mother. Um, but my mother did not raise me to ask permission to lead. And I'm certainly not raising my 10-year-old stepdaughter that way. This district and these times require bold activist leadership. Preach. Uh, leaders that um, will restore your hope, redeem your relationship with government, extend a hand of partnership. I think... Um, we are sorely mistaken if we think because someone is a reliable vote in a dark blue district that all is a-okay with the 7th Congressional, when in fact it is not. Um, I think I'm the only candidate in this race is talking about more than resisting Trump. He is a formidable foe. We have to resist and affront him at every turn. And we do that by organizing. Think about the ACA. The ACA, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, was not preserved because of the convictions of lawmakers. It was preserved because of the courage of individuals and families who organized, who mobilized and said, we know that our lives and that of our loved ones are quite literally hanging in the balance. And that organizing is what forced the hands of lawmakers. I reject the notion because we are in the minority, that there's nothing that can be done. Um, I'm running for Congress, but I'm not ceding my responsibility or abdicating my leadership to do everything possible to ensure that Brett Kavanaugh is not appointed to the Supreme Court. Now, I could say I'm running for Congress. That's not my thing. I'm organizing a phone bank to lobby senators. Why? Because my freedom and the self-agency and autonomy that I have over my body is not up for negotiation. And the Democrats need to have my back and the back of every other woman. If they're going to come at us like a locomotive, 
to roll back every civil right and protection and freedom that we have fought for and earned. I'm going to make it damn hard. So these times require bold activist leadership. Um, people have often said, uh, my opponent and I will vote the same. That might be true. This is a dark blue district, but we will lead differently. And I'll, I'll give an example. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the need for Democrats to be in the majority, to usher in a blue wave, and that being more important than a race like this. You know, why, why the in-family fight? Why aren't we focused on primarying Republicans uh, to ensure we're in the majority? Because when the Democrats were in the majority and had seniority, I'm not sure we fully leveraged that opportunity to lead. Um, after the Virginia Tech shooting, advocates went to my opponent and said, will you push for a vote on gun control? And he said, no, because we already know we're going to lose. Now, I understand why some might consider that to be pragmatic and tactical, um, given the landscape at the time. But I just reject the notion that because we are in the minority, that we should not be leading. Uh, I'm the only candidate with a vision in talking about this district. Uh, I'll wrap here so you can get another question in. But, you know, the systemic inequalities and disparities that are worsening under Donald Trump, economic inequality, the wealth and wage gap, structural racism, gun violence, these issues are worsening, but they weren't just created. They existed long before Donald Trump occupied the White House. If you get on the number one bus in Harvard Square, Cambridge, and ride that bad boy to Roxbury and Dudley and look out the window, you will see a stark contrast of life experiences and walks. You will see median household income drop by $50,000 and life expectancy by 30 years. I'm running because I want to do something about that. It's not enough to just talk about resisting Trump. I want to advance the Massachusetts 7th, which includes 70% of Boston, which I currently represent, and thanks to many of your listeners, have been a top vote getter for three elections. Um, it is 70% of Boston, excluding West Roxbury, South Boston, and the North End. And then it's uh, Cambridge, Somerville, Randolph, Everett, Chelsea, and a little bit of Milton. Now you hear that and you say, whoa, yeah, that's a crazy district, yeah. right? This is the most diverse district socioeconomically, racially, culturally, intergenerationally. This is such an incredibly diverse district, and it is the most unequal. And in that, this was the seat once held by John F. Kennedy. This will never be represented <laughs> by a Republican. So we can be bold. We can be unrestrained. We, we can be. be unencumbered. We can be innovative. We should be leading. We should be legislating. This seat, whoever's here, should not only be setting the tone and leading for this delegation, but setting the tone and leading for the nation. Absolutely. Because that's the history that's of the seat. Absolutely. You know, uh, we, we ran a poll, too, on our Facebook uh, group, uh, and <laughs> it's mostly activists and community people. It's people who have been on the show. You know, we know who our listenership yes. is. And you, like, absolutely killed it. Kathy Warner got, like, two votes. And yes. one of them was mine, but I, like, voted for both <laughs> candidates because I wanted to let people Full know. Full disclosure. They could vote for That's why I love you, man. Uh, I'm endorsing you right now. I appreciate that. I am. I love Michael Capuano, <laughs> I but I agree with you. Absolutely. I agree with you. And that's why, like, like, you have to be a leader. Like, you are a leader. You will go beyond what he'll do. And that's why I, I'm all on board on your candidacy, even though... I love Michael Capuano for certain things, and, and this is he's not been personal. I love the guy; and, I respect him yeah. as well. Yeah. But uh, so Miss Presley is what we need for right we now. Do. We do. Absolutely. Absolutely, we need bold, progressive change. And I think that uh, I believe and I know that she will bring this to the the the, the Congress. Yes? yes, come on, y'all, be careful. I'm gonna take Judah to Washington. 
I've told Mike before, you know, I, I, I thoroughly believe in, in, in your platform and I know that you're bold and your experiences bring that to the table. And, and, and unabashedly, and I support you wholeheartedly. Oh, thank you. I'm very honored. I do just want to say, and, and I appreciate your transparency, and, and it is quite possible, and it is real to say, this is a man that I respect. I do. And that I like. I do. And we I know appreciate. That. And he stood up for us <laughs> you know, we don't, Yeah, we don't have to discredit and disparage no. one another. He's great. Yes. He and I can be too. Right. And, yes. and And, you know, I think... In a dark blue district like Massachusetts, where people would think it's traitorous what we are doing, it's not traitorous. Not it's all. uncomfortable. But it's not traitorous because we are affirming a foundational tenet of democracy, and that is choice. And after a generation, this district deserves one. Now, look, my opponent earned 23% of the vote 20 years ago and has gone unchallenged. That's right. In 20 years, this district has changed. It is now... 57% people of color, 30% foreign-born residents, almost 40% single female-headed households. Now, as a Boston City Councilor, I've been challenged every two years. I have no contempt for people challenging me. The seat doesn't belong to me. I've had to re-earn the trust, the partnership, the confidence of the electorate. Those, those elections are much more contested. There's so every many two years, yes. and you have to be Unlike so nimble and and you know you know and, and and as a woman and a candidate of color. And I've had to learn how to run lean and mean because I've always uh, had limited resources, even as a top vote getter. And the same is true here. Now, you know, on the traitorous side, I just want to address this. Yes. Coming out of the sobering defeat of 2016, we were all given the challenge and charge that we needed to ignite the electorate and grow it. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you what I see every day on this campaign. Four days ago, 250 incarcerated black men unanimously endorsed my candidacy. They had a debate forum. They watched the debates. They took a survey and an endorsement at the end. And they unanimously endorsed my candidacy and each has agreed to organize at least three of their family members to go to the polls. I have people who are experiencing homelessness, living in shelter, who've donated a dollar to this campaign, who volunteer every day. The other day, I went to a canvas in Cambridge and two 14-year-olds met me who have been canvassing every single day. We are meeting head on the challenge and charge that we were given in 2016. So there's nothing traitorous here. We are affirming a foundational tenet of democracy, which is choice. We are igniting and growing this electorate. Now, That's right. people made that about 2020, <clears throat> but this is about more than an election cycle. This is a fight for the soul of our party right. and the future of our democracy. While we are spinning out, having some identity crisis, literally debating, are we the party of working class white people and everyone else? Are we the party of jobs in the economy or of criminal justice reform? When these issues are conflated and they are all the same. Absolutely. These are false choices. So I think we're asking the question, Democrats, are we really who we say we are? That's really what this is about. Or are we sort of espousing values that make for great hashtags and cute bumper stickers, but we don't want to put in the sweat equity and the work to make real. The fact that the charge of identity politics has repeatedly been lobbied against me is so offensive. That is a predictable play out of the GOP handbook. Absolutely. And the fact that Democrats are playing that card with me is so hurtful, so marginalizing of my contributions to this party, to this city, and of the issues that I am spotlighting. 
I am black and a woman, and that is obvious, and I'm unapologetically proud to be both. However, that is not the totality of my identity. <clears throat> I am a wife, I am a mother, I was a caregiver to my mother, end of life. I'm an activist leader and a problem solver, and that's what this district deserves and what these times require. Those people that I told you that endorsed me when they said, she's gonna stand alone, they said she can't raise the money. We've raised a million dollars, and my average contribution is $64, and we are not accepting corporate PAC money. They said she'll stand alone, no one will be with her. 500 plus volunteers, people-powered campaign, representative of this district, diverse in every way. They said no one will endorse her. We've been endorsed by the Attorney General, more than half of the Cambridge City Council. We will be endorsed by Somerville electeds tomorrow. We have civic leaders and elected officials in Randolph, in Chelsea, members of my uh, colleagues on the Boston City Council, um, and three labor unions. No one saw coming. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers 103, yeah. they have a thousand members in this district. Unite Here Local 26, a personal pride of mine. I was a hotel worker, six years. A lot of people I don't know them. that. I see them all the time. They're out I there working them. hard. They're one of the best. And then um, SEIU, 32BJ. Shout out. 32BJ, <laughs> um, uh, security workers and custodians. You know, so we're out here putting the work in. Um, I think we're, we've already surprised a lot of people. Um, we're going to continue to do that. It's no secret. We're going to have to rewrite the math of who is a primary voter to win this thing. We have a primary on September 4th. Shout out to Josh Zakem. We need a progressive secretary. Absolutely. I second that. You know, I mean, just to disenfranchise the vote, to have a vote the day after Labor Day, first week of school. Mm -hmm. um, and so we need to continue to effectively engage and turn out super voters, uh, infrequent low propensity voters, and new voters, which we have seen so much of that. And that's what I'm most encouraged by. And we just need folks to show up, you know. But we can win. We can win. Right. Uh, I think, now I take all these polls with a grain of salt. Um, but I would say the last public poll indicated that 52% of the electorate was still undecided. Right. I mean, look, you're an informed voter and you oh, still, yeah. you were I, it figuring hard. it out, right? It was hard. You're figuring out. So if, if I had gone early, I probably would have gone with him. Yeah. And now so, I've been watching and watching and watching. I've just been like, I knew. I knew I had to go with you. I and mean, even when you say it today, it just it's so obvious to me. I mean, with that vote on our poll. You know, like I listen to my audience. I because I know who these people are and they told us like they're picking you. Yes. The community the people who want to see the people who have been working on stuff. Yes. Are picking you. Like yes. Tito Jackson, big friend of the show. Oh, he yeah, endorsed that's, you, right? He's yes, that's that's my that's that's my brother. That's my brother, and uh, I'm so grateful for his friendship and his leadership on so many issues, including cannabis, which I know we're right. going to talk about talk today. We're going to talk about that right now. Yeah, we yeah, got to get into we, the issues. Before yeah. we get there, right. a lot of folks may not know this about my, my sister friend here, is that she's a relationship builder before anything else. And so working on behalf of Senator John Kerry, just so you all will know, as a political director, that entailed working with everyone in the entire state oh, of yeah. Massachusetts. And so this is not just uh, someone who just started uh, just throwing her hat in the ring yesterday or the day before. This was uh, decades ago in the making. And she's built these relationships and so that she can leverage them today. And so this is why I believe that you will absolutely be the victor at the end of this because we do respect uh, Capuana. And for folks who don't know that Ayana does have a great uh, relationship with uh, 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 Congressman Capuano, just for the record. 
and I'll I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And I again, I'm grateful for the platform and. Um, I know there's a lot of issues we're not going to get to today, so I do want to encourage folks to please go to my website, www.ayanapresley.com. As I said, this is about more than resisting Trump. It's about advancing the Massachusetts 7th and improving these disparate outcomes, addressing these systemic inequalities and disparities. And I have developed an equity agenda. Um, you can go to my website and find that and my, my ideas about how to improve all these outcomes. We, that's one thing we want to talk about is cannabis equity. Um, we have Ed D'Souza here as well. Yes. Thank you. And we, again, we're talking to Ayanna Presley, uh, City Councilor of Boston. She's running for U.S. Congress. Um, but you, you've been somebody that's stood up for cannabis equity and cannabis um, business as well. Um, Ed, you know, basically Ed's trying to open a new report in Mass, and he's facing opposition from cities and towns, which a lot of them are. And almost like what some people label as extortion. Yeah, a <laughs> shakedown. Because it's like, how much money can you pay? And yeah. uh, it seems like it's monopolizing it for just the biggest you know, guys out there. The Cannabis Control Commission could have done something about it. They chose not to. Uh, you know, basically, it's supposed to be five years, 3%. Um, you know, Ed's a small. You know, he wants to be a micro-grow. And they well, want my to, business is small. I'm not small. <laughs> <laughs> and they want to charge you for how many years? Well, right now, it's uh, perpetual. So it will just keep on going and going and going. Unbelievable. And we're just wondering if there's anything you can do about it. Because, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating to us as locals to see people who want to get into this industry and they just don't have enough money or they have to go work for the big money. They, they can't actually do it by themselves because the cities and, you know, the state is fine with it. They've lowered the fees. They're reasonable. But it's the cities and towns that are just going to jack up the price so that, you know, there's only one or two big grows and the cities or towns that allow it, and they're going to monopolize it. And, and it seems like it's just a bottleneck now. Um, Shaleen Title like, yeah. gave a very passionate, passionate speech. Warrior. Yes. And the other four voted against her. You know, um, Is there anything that you think you could do to help, even on even on the city of Boston level? Because it feels like even in at the city of Boston, if, if this gets approved for recreational, what are they going to ask for? You know, it's, it's just like open the checkbook. Is there going to be a space well, the for small level. people? Well, that too. It's in, a barrier. Boston, you know, it's a barrier small. for small businesses. It is. Yeah. Well, first, I just want to say that um, I'm so proud of Shalene, and we, and my office, uh, played a, a pivotal role in her getting that appointment in the first place. Thank you. Um, Thank, kudos. You. Thank we, um, you for that. Like that's so, amazing. Yeah. So, just a little history here. Good um, to know. <laughs> yeah. No, a little history here. So, long before the vote, um, uh, I sort of saw the trend that was happening throughout the country where. Less than 1% of these dispensaries were owned uh, by people of color. Yep. And um, a lot of people were giving impassioned talking points um, in advance of the vote on question four about this was the opportunity to right the injustices and, uh, and the wrongs of the past, mm -hmm. the disproportionate impact of the war on drugs on low income and people of color. And I said, well, you know, a rising tide doesn't lift all boats. Uh, it depends on what boat you're in. I heard so, that. you know, so how can we um, ensure that we do reverse those injustices? The only way to do that is through lawmaking. Um, it is about being intentional. And so I brought together uh, national uh, experts. We had a, a hearing. Um, we brought in the Equitable Opportunities Now Coalition. Um, and uh, and we worked uh, in, in committee hearing and uh, in working session, produced a report. Uh, the recommendations in that report became the blueprint for what the Mass Black and Latino Legislative Caucus used as a springboard to ensure that we would codify equity in this business uh, in this multi-billion uh, uh, dollar emerging industry. Um, I had a lot of concerns about 
I mean, we had no choice but to take it to the ballot. But I have seen that when we introduce an industry by ballot, um, we are not successful. Um, when I looked at medicinal marijuana, um, we weren't ready. And so we passed it, but we, we weren't ready to implement it. And so right. what we saw were 182 applicants for medicinal marijuana licenses, which is about medical care and access. And there were eight licenses that were ultimately awarded and not one to a person of color. So um, we started this work a long time ago, and then we wanted to make sure that there would be folks uh, on the commission that would view this work uh, through a lens of social justice, racial and social justice. And so uh, it is a, a source of personal pride that Shalene is there uh, and that she continues to stand in the strength of her. Um, She's amazing. She is of her convictions. Her. We personally and, and just I've known her for a long time. I love her. Yeah. And you could see so, in her speech. I mean, she was almost uh, yeah. crying. Yeah. Yes. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I mean, her speech and watching her emotion broke my back. It made the militant side of me come out. And it, she has the people on her side. Absolutely. But with yeah. all due respect, um, when you get to Congress, you have a very, very tough time in front of you if you're going to advocate for cannabis. It's okay. Is this, is, is this something that... It's a priority of mine. This is a part of my criminal justice reform uh, let us, um, platform. Yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, because we know that um, the, the ultimate driver of recidivism is unemployment. And although we have Cory reform, we don't have Cory friendly jobs. Mm-hmm. And so those barriers to employment are still great as are barriers to housing. Folks sure. can't reunite with their families because many of them are in BHA and they'll be evicted. And we have no Cory friendly housing. A 30% of our chronically homeless have criminal records. Folks are being released from correctional facilities to shelter. Well, that's, so, that's where I'm getting yeah. at because Ultimately, we passed question four for recreational use in Massachusetts. Period. But the fight doesn't end. We want expungement. Yes. We want I agree. Pe- we want people. Are you for to federal expungement? Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. there's no pardon. Like, you can't even, like, you, the only way, I guess, is the president. But it's crazy. Yeah, no. No, absolutely. I support that. Um, for all the reasons that I just stated. Um, and as I said, the 7th Congressional District is the most diverse and the most unequal. And um, a lot of that uh, disparities and those inequities has to do with the issues that we're talking about here right now, which is why I think we have to be bold and we have to legislate. And I don't think that we should make the decision uh, to legislate or to put forward legislation based upon the landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Ted Kennedy dedicated his life to the fight for universal health care. He just kept putting that forward because that was the strength of his conviction. That was a value. And that was what his constituents um, uh, needed and deserved. And Absolutely. so, you know, I just, um, I, I definitely want to legislate because I don't think you can improve disparate outcomes in transit, um, equity around environmental justice, um, access to housing uh, that is affordable, people having the peace of mind to feel safe in community, unless you legislate. I mean, let's just be real. Now, I grew up in a community where we had more check cashing facilities than banks. Yep. We didn't have access to fresh and healthy food. I mean, to this day, you know, I'm so used to, to I, when I, sometimes when I come out of the, the, the market, I'm carrying a black bag. That's not liquor. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, this is what happens when right. you live in a food yeah. desert. Yeah. Uh, you, this is where you, and this right. contributes to um, uh, health disparities and all these oh, things. Absolutely. So I grew up in a community with more check cashing facilities than banks. You know, we didn't have access to fresh and healthy food. We rented our whole lives. We never owned anything. We didn't have the peace of mind to feel safe in community. We had underperforming schools. And here's the real rib. Those conditions were created by policy. We have a segregated school system because we have segregated housing. 
We have segregated housing because of redlining. Absolutely. We have African-Americans in the bottom of wealth because they didn't have equal access to the GI Bill. We are living in the generational residual aftermath of policy, welfare reform, war on drugs, Reaganomics. So the path forward is to legislate. Policy matters, folks. Absolutely. It is to legislate. So. And we're here now just checking out the Facebook Live feedback. A lot of comments, a lot of listeners. Uh, one person I'm watching is Dan Adams, who writes for the Boston Globe, mm. covers this. Uh, Good stuff this week, too, by Dan Adams. Oh, really? He had an I amazing didn't catch story that, that okay. uh, hey, Dan. showed uh, nice. all the cities and towns that have already had these agreements. What are these agreements called? They are host communities. The community hosts, right. You know, that they are exceeding the 3% over five years. They're, they're just all extra, extra money that they say is optional, but it's really not, right? It's That's, a shakedown. Well, they're saying that there's two sides of the coin. I mean, Chairman Hoffman says that he's heard arguments from lawyers on both sides of the issue. Uh, but then again, you look at Senator Yellen has said that the law is pretty clear. So you also look at Dan Adams and uh, and Allie from WBUR. I mean, they're two journalists who were able to pick apart these host agreements. So if they can do it, why can't? why does it take a lawyer to do it? Uh, maybe Dan can call him, too. He's got some other comments. Call in, Dan, 617-903-7464, if you want to weigh in on this. Uh, one more thing on cannabis oh, yeah. I want to ask about right now is uh, you uh, on the you mentioned banking, because that's becoming a big <laughs> issue for a lot of us. Even people running for office now, it's being affected. And, like, at this station, what we do, because, you know, we have cannabis dispensaries now sponsoring us. We're worried about bank accounts, that we're going to lose our bank accounts and I thought this got fixed, but it didn't get fixed. What, what can well, thank God for Senator Warren, you know? Yes, um, shout out to Elizabeth yeah, and her, Warren. And her leadership in this space, you know, because we knew that there is a stigma associated to cannabis, um, and so that there would be a stigma in lending and people not seeing this as a legitimate business and a small business and an opportunity for wealth building and job creation. Um, and so in addition to making sure that... Um, um, that that lending is happening and that it, that legal lending is happening. I also want to make sure that um, uh, that lending is equitably being distributed. Right. <laughs> Most you know, because we know that, yes. you know, already, you know, in advance of cannabis, that there were disparities in lending. Always. I mean, big it's barriers. been like that forever. Oh, absolutely. So, Banking, yes. insurance. We absolutely. Don't buy zip code yes. oftentimes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even car insurance. Everything. Um yeah, uh, phone number 617-903-7464 if you want to call in. I think we have you for the hour. Do you, do, are you going to be able to, like, how, how much time do you have, uh, City Councilor here? I'm we, not sure. I think we have to do it until 7. We'll figure that out. Yeah, we do. Okay, excellent. Nice. Perfect. So we have Ed D'Souza here. Do you have any last comments? Because we're going to yank you and bring Calvin. I don't know. We're going to see, they said until 7. Okay. So, so we get another half hour. Last comments. Yes. Um, we lost one this week. Uh, Shaleen fought for us, um, but you know, I want to say losing one sometimes allows you to get a lot of people back on your side, a lot of people that were separated into individual cliques. Mm. Um, we started this week with a lot of hatred, a lot of bickering, and Judy, I feel for you because you went through a lot of stuff you shouldn't have this week. We ended this week with a group that is 
growing exponentially. You started a new group on Facebook, right? I'm not here to promote the group, Mike. But what's the name of it? Because people should know. Right now, it's Citizens for, uh, Massachusetts Citizens for Real Cannabis And that's just happened because of this meeting. And it's like, I'm watching it. I'm part of it. Everyone's part of it. It's like the whole community. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching people file in. Like, it's growing. And it's It's a beautiful thing, It's amazing. So we love you for doing this, Ed. Yes. We want you to stick around. Like, we're going to bring Calvin in for a little while. And afterwards, we're going to have you uh, come back on the show at the end. It's a pleasure. And thank you, And the show with us. No, thank you, and, and I, I just can't commend you enough. We were talking about this earlier, and I was saying the one silver lining of our current climate is that our organizing silos are breaking down. Yes. And there is this understanding that we are one human family, Absolutely. that our destinies are tied, and the same people that you see in the fight for you know equity in the cannabis industry or the dignity of that industry are also advocating for criminal justice reform, are affirming that immigrants' rights are human yes. rights, are saying that women's rights are human rights, are fighting for trans rights and accommodations. Yes. Mm-hmm. For a long time, we've been pawning off the hurt on one constituency in one municipality at a time. And so I'm encouraged to see that that's ending. But what you've done is be intentional about that coalition building and creating that space. And that's the only way that we can successfully resist and progress, because that's the new you know, world order and the challenge uh, for each of us. And as I was saying to you out there, I think we're at a crossroads. Uh, and this can be our darkest hour or our finest. And with good people like you, that are committed to coalition and movement building, I think it can be our finest. Absolutely. We love Keep you, Ed. Keep being strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, Ed. And, uh, Don't forget Judah's t-shirt. She was <laughs> yes. Green, yellow, size small. You know, it's Ed's, all right, Ed's Ed. Making plans. It's right. Ed's going to be back, and uh, we're, we're going to have him on the show at the end again to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to bring in Calvin Feliciano now, too. Calvin, get in here. 617-903-7464. There's our phone number. I don't know where he is now. I, I don't have my glasses, so... I'm sure he's headed over. Yeah, but, uh, he's right there. He he's is. Coming. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's at the door. Um, Here he comes. I am, you know, listen, I'm in love with this shirt. I love it. I he, love, always, he always says the best listen shirt. Listen, yes. I love Michelle Obama. He is the I king. He is the king of the statement T. Yes. Oh, yeah. He is the king of the statement T shirt. Showing love to the queens today. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of questions. One thing I want to get right to is, uh, you know, another, we've already mentioned her. Elizabeth Warren has this new bill that really. Uh, got some headlines and it's about corruption and it's kind of about what Donald Trump said he was going to do drain the swamp. Um, (laughs) Basically one of the best things I like about it is that it doesn't allow uh, representative of Congress, uh, the president, the vice president to immediately leave office and then start lobbying. And be lobbyists, yeah. You know, it doesn't stop them from a lifetime like I'd really probably like to see. Yeah. uh, But it stops at least for a number of years right at first off the bat. Do you support that? The whole bill? Are you looking at it? Uh, absolutely, I support it. And again, I commend her for putting legislation forward. Um, and I do think that based on what's happening in Washington right now, it is very tempting uh, for us to be divided and to play small. Um, but I think that now is the time um, to be bolder. Um, there are a lot of issues that we can sort of been tinkering around the edges so that now is the defining moment to be bold. And so I commend her for putting uh, that anti-corruption legislation forward. I wholeheartedly support it. Um, there is a far too much money uh, in politics. Um, again, you know, one of the reasons why people consider my candidacy to be one that was not viable is they questioned whether or not I would be able to raise the money. Now, I'm not accepting corporate PAC money as a candidate. If I'm fortunate and so humbled enough to be elected to represent the Massachusetts 7th, um, I will continue to not accept corporate PAC money. You know, I take pride in the fact that, you know, at a time when we have an opioid crisis in this district, I'm not accepting money from pharmaceutical companies. In Beautiful. Fact, um, 
you know, I initiated efforts on the council uh, before the mayor's public announcement to sue pharmaceutical companies for the role that they've played in and contributing to the opioid uh, crisis. And rightfully so. Yeah, so there's just there's far too much money in, you know, and, and it, it disenfranchises so many people. And, you know, again, I, I, I love the fact that we have people in this campaign that have contributed a dollar um, who are experiencing homelessness, who volunteer every day, these 250 incarcerated black men, you know, behind the wall. I love that. Um, you, know, it, you know, so why do they do that? Why do we have 14-year-olds canvassing and doing that every day? Because it's the first time um, for many of them, or in a long time, that they have felt seen and heard and a stakeholder in their democracy and a promise for their future. When you have this kind of... Uh, uh, corporate uh, money and dark money influence in politics, we know it influences federal policy to the consequence of all of us. We see that when it comes to the environment. Everything. Right? We see yeah. that when it comes to guns. Yes. We see that when it comes to uh, the opioid crisis and pharmaceutical companies. So there's just far too much money uh, in politics. And, and I think that, you know, in order for us to get to a government that is formed by the people, and where everyone does feel seen as an equal partner and an equal say in this democracy, um, we have got to uh, address that influence. Excellent. With the Young Jerks, WEMF Radio, we're speaking to City Councilor of Boston, Boston City Councilor Ayanna Presley. And Presley. soon to be Congresswoman of the uh, 7th, yeah? I'm yes. Gonna, I'm going to work hard to make it so. John F. Kennedy's <laughs> uh, Congress seat. Yes. That's amazing. It's JFK's. A, yeah. Tip O'Neill. Yeah. Tip very long Absolutely. history. All politics Absolutely. is local. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, very yes. long history. Yes. Calvin's also here. Calvin Feliciano. Can I, I say, you know one thing that's been dope? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's why I'm calling um, you in. No another reason why you have both 14-year-olds canvassing with you and small kids is that you also have what I've been calling this revolutionary mama's club. <laughs> um, where I see these like dope women from that are activists from different communities of the district engaging their children. Um, and, uh, and I see some of my homegirls, even one from Worcester hit me up, like, oh, hit me on messenger. Like, do I know you? And she was going to help and she's been coming down to Chelsea left and right. So it's been fat to see that. We got a call. Tom? Yeah, we got a call. Oh, here we go. Cool. Who's on the phone? <coughs> hey, it's Sean Bernie. How you doing? Mike? Good. Hey, How you doing? Sean! What's up, fam? Oh my goodness! This this is my brother right here. Nice. Oh, I'm just, so glad to hear you. It's good to hear your voice. Hey Sean. Hey Sean. What's up? Hey, I I just want to say this is the first time you've had a candidate for federal office on your show, Mike, where I haven't had to ask the question if they would support legislation for federal expungement because it was, I believe, yesterday or the day before, Council Presley released her social justice. Uh, agenda, which calls for federal expungement for nonviolent drug crimes. Beautiful. So thank you, Councilor Presley. Thank you, Sean. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, we were in the trenches of this uh, movement. You were an incredible leader in the Equitable Opportunities Now uh, Coalition. You changed a lot of people's minds about this issue because they made a lot of assumptions about, you know, who we were talking about had been victimized, left out, ignored and left behind. And you challenged a lot of those assumptions for folks. So I just thank you for your activism. Thank you for sharing your story. You have enlightened so many people. Thank you for being a part of um, this movement from the very beginning. And thank you for your early support in my congressional bid. Of course. September 4th, and, AP for Congress. So you're, you're, uh, you're in the district and you're voting for um, her? I, I'm on the line. I'm, ah. I'm stuck in uh, Lynch's district. Ah. But I do have to say, he has been but out I, there canvassing her. But I do whatever I can yeah. to get uh, Councilor Presley elected to the 7th. 
Awesome. Well, Sean, before you go, I just want to say uh, thanks for being a, a, a true brother, my friend. Of course, Judy. Yeah, we love you. Thank you for yes. calling, too. Yes. You're yes. always a great caller. Yes. I, you Absolutely. know what I like about you is that you hold the policy. I don't have to be the tough guy anymore. You do it for me on some of these issues. Well, <laughs> listen, we, we, we need warriors in this fight. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we, we love Sean And he's that. educated. He's no yes. pushover. We love I like Sean it. for that. Yes. Thank you, Sean. Anything else you want right, to leave us with? Time. That's all right. Wow, with the young jerks. I'm a little awkward sometimes. <laughs> Kevin's laughing. He's like, bro, it's so white. That was great. That was great. 617-903-7464. So where, where were you going? I, so one thing I have on my mind, right? Okay. So first of all, there's been a million conversations. I've been in a million fights about this whole how dare you thing. It's been very problematic. I, I have coined for the last couple of years now the hashtag progressive white supremacy. Um, and we won't go too farther into there. But um, so... One thing we saw, a lot of us still, we did, and we still do love Auntie Maxine, Uncle John. You're going to get there. You're going to need to work with them. Totally fine. We see um, different people that are sort of, you know, uh, uh, part of the political establishment that are black and Latino, you know, needing to endorse an incumbent and yada, yada. And a lot of us have been very upset with that, upset about the way it happened, where it happened, how this all worked, the mayors coming out. A lot of people were problem, you know, thought that all that was problematic. So I'm wondering. One, if you could make the commitment now and then two, what you're thinking is on, you know, 10 years from now, what does a Congresswoman Presley do to not ever fall into that, that space where you've been amazing progressive Congresswoman, you've been an Auntie Maxine and we love you and you're in a bunch of memes and everybody loves you on Facebook. And then 10 years in some amazing person's running, but you get a call from the speaker or the minority leader and you all of a sudden have to do something that, you know, people would, would consider um, shady and dishonest. Well, first I want to say I have tremendous respect for uh, Congresswoman Waters and Congressman Lewis. I did want to offer just a clarifying point because there was a um, uh, a mischaracterization of this endorsement. Mm -hmm. The Congressional Black Caucus did not endorse my opponent. The Congressional Black Caucus PAC endorsed my opponent, mm -hmm. which is 12 members six lobbyists oh. and six CBC members, most of whom were completely unaware of the endorsement until they read about it in the newspaper. Wow. Just to offer that context. Full disclosure first. You heard it here on WEMF. <laughs> but, um, however, um, you know what I've said repeatedly, Calvin, and I, I really do feel this way. I can't take any of this stuff personally. I knew that I was doing something disruptive that would make people uncomfortable. Um, I was prepared to embark upon this alone. I knew it would be uphill and very bruising. Um, and, you know, the uh, the strength of incumbency is powerful. And this is a 20-year formidable incumbent. So um, none of it surprised me. And I think in many ways I am um, uh, continuing the legacy of each of the members of the CBC who themselves Challenge the status quo Absolutely. and were disruptive candidates, Absolutely. right? Um, and, you know, they're not here. They're not on the ground. So there's a lot that, you know, they don't know. They're just supporting their colleague, you know, so right. I don't begrudge them that. I don't take any of it personally. I, I've got 10 days to make my case to the electorate. Um, I hope that we are successful. And if so, if I am so honored and fortunate to represent the seventh, I look forward to serving, you know, in the Congressional Black Caucus with all of them. But, you know, how do you um stay? um I wouldn't say, I, I don't know what word to look for here. I think I avoid the sunken place. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Cal. 
You know, I would just say that I think all of us, it's tough because we have um, uh, sort of parroted this idea that um, that leadership is defined by uh, number of years served mm -hmm. and the totality of your ability to have an impact is based on how long you've been there. Mm -hmm. And I do understand, you know, certainly some of that. But I think we've got to get real about succession planning. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that is something that we need to be doing locally. Yeah. At every level of office, you see when folks are suddenly leaving office that we don't have an immediate bench and someone to take their place because we haven't been intentional about that mentorship, mm -hmm. about that succession planning. And I also just want to say, and this is something that I've made it a point to do uh, as an elected, um, and you know, having you know worked in, in an office, that we need to build the bench behind the people. I, I think we have such an emphasis on who's going to be on the ballot. And so people think that, diversifying the pipeline is just about who runs mm -hmm. but we need people behind the people absolutely and i think if you have folks that um are conscious about these things that are keeping you uncomfortable making sure you don't grow complacent that you're staying connected to community and on these things then hopefully it guards against um it guards against some of that but um but again i just wanted to put that clarifier out there in terms of um you know who actually uh had endorsed and and uh and who had not so well my uh my 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 hope for this is that um, the New York race and I can't remember the um, congresswoman who won um, the incumbent and she was not um, viewed as the person to win the race and she was new to the um, yes thank you thank sure, you yeah, AOC. And, yes yeah. and she was very um, uh, formidable and she was victorious and so I look at this race as uh, similar. the similar yes so you know maybe it, I'm I'm optimistic is. but this is where I'm at and don't so, lose that optimism I'm optimistic <laughs> as well but you know I also want to say and, and we know because we're on the ground here yes the 14th Bronx is not the Massachusetts seventh mm -hmm. so there are a lot of different dynamics uh, mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. and you know look in the 230 year history of this delegation we've never elected a Democrat of color 230 years unbelievable. time for change in the bastion of uh, of progressive right. democratic politics mm -hmm. right um and we currently in our delegation only have one woman serving now look y'all before y'all start saying identity politics identity politics i'm giving y'all context reverse racism it matters. i'm That's giving y'all context no, it context i'm matters. giving you context and i'm just saying that sometimes we are rhetorically liberal when when it comes to leadership parity I have never asked anybody to vote for me because I'm black and I'm a woman. Again, because both of those things are obvious. I'm asking you to vote for me because I'm qualified and I want to lead and I want to govern cooperatively with community because I believe the solutions for our greatest challenges exist in community. I want to be a vote, a voice, and a partner. That is why I'm running. But I am going to offer that context because it matters. You know, um, and so um, I don't, there, the winds of change are happening. You know, shout out to my sister in Georgia, Stacey Abrams, running for yes, governor. Yes. My brother in arms, Ben Jealous in Maryland. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, you know, there are many, many folks that are doing something disruptive. Gillum in Florida. Gillum in Florida. My there boy. are many, shout out. many folks that are doing something disruptive. I do not believe here in Massachusetts that we will be the inheritance of the winds of change. We will earn <laughs> this in sweat equity. Um, you know, we will not inherit a victory because of the inspiring candidacy or win of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. There are some shorthanded, 
you know, similarities around policy. We're both women of color. We're both challenging incumbents who have not been challenged for a generation. Well, but again, I, the 14th Bronx yeah. is not the Massachusetts and, 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 I, and suffice it to say that, however, it's just to say that anything can happen, yes? Yes, yes. please. Anything is yeah, possible. Thank you, Judith, That's please. my only point. Yes, And absolutely. I was not comparing the Bronx with, 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 with Boston because I, you know, I know that, anyway, so yeah, yes, you know, so I know the difference. <laughs> yes, yes. So anything is possible is what I'm saying. And absolutely, um, you know, the, the fat lady has not sung. Right. And so we still have Thank time you. to make change. Yep. Judith, I so appreciate <laughs> you saying <laughs> that because I think a lot of times they'll keep pushing the polls as another way to disenfranchise the vote because mm-hmm. folks will wonder if it's if it's winnable. Yeah. But just bear in mind that our electorate is undersampled in these polls. And just again, to give you historical mm-hmm. context, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren, the day before Election Day, was four points down. Mara Healy, a week out from Election Day, was eight points down. Mm -hmm. And again, I take every poll with a grain of salt. But the last public poll said 52% of the electorate was undecided. Mm -hmm. So that means that folks are leaning, Mm -hmm. that they are open to new leadership and a new voice. And we just have to meet those folks and make the case to them. This is going to be a very close election. Every vote's going to count. Come and out I do vote. believe, September yes, 4th. absolutely, that and, you've made your case. And it's very Thank close. You, Even, I mean, the polls are showing that this is a close, close race. Um, uh, people are, are leaving some comments. I want to go to what we call speed round because we're starting to run out of time. Okay. we got a lot of questions we want to ask. One, one question okay. I want to get to is you brought up about ICE. Obviously, I want to talk about immigration, but I almost want to spin it off to another question mm. um, because you – Got a, you know, you made some statements about ICE. There was a lot of pushback, and some people loved. It. I loved it personally. As a lot did of people I, loved as it. As an immigrant, but yes. I also w- wonder if you'll kind of take that kind of zeal to some of these other agencies, like the DEA, CIA, like the you know, because there's been a lot of issues uh, with other agencies too that have similar types of human rights abuses. Let's put it that way. Yes. Like, would you look into the like? Would you think you'd have like? A lot of us in the cannabis reform and, and drug reform, we would love to see the DEA go away completely. Um, so we're not going to get the black woman on record as a calling for the abolishing of the I DEA know, in I wanna, any I wanna, way. I want to hear a comment. Don't say bag me too much on it. Okay, let me just say this. Um, I arrived at the decision to defund and abolish ICE, which for two administrations we had been hearing about yes. these abuses, yes. to be clear. Yes. Um, but this is a watershed moment. When babies are being ripped from the arms of parents, Good Lord. and it is not making any of us any safer, um, and so to me, that is not an agency that can be reformed from the inside out. No. It is a rogue agency. The reason for which it was created after nine eleven, it is not doing that job. These are not terrorists. Uh, these are folks that are seeking asylum and, and and refuge from from gangs, from poverty, from war. These from, are brothers from abuse. and sisters, exactly. And so, and this is a familiar tale. Um, uh, black babies were separated from their mothers at the auction block. We saw what we did to indigenous people. So this is a watershed moment. Uh, I'm not someone that casually or cavalierly would call for the abolishing of anything. This is a rogue agency. Um, and there are many other agencies uh, that have abuses and inefficiencies. Now, you all come and get with me. Because how I arrived with my decision about ICE is how I've arrived at every decision is that I sat around the table with families who had been impacted, with immigrant and refugee advocate or advocacy organizations who've been on the front lines of this work, Central Presente and Mira and ACLU, uh, amongst many others. And that's always how I've done this work, is in partnership with community. So you guys hit me up on this other stuff. 
you know, and we'll see what's what. But right now, you know, we've got things we need to do in the immediate, which is to get these families reunited. Secondly, I support the legislation of um, the rep out of, I think, Wisconsin, Rep uh, um, Pocon. I think that's how you say his name. Um, uh, and it's to establish a commission to figure out how to reorg uh, and decentralize the other functions of ICE and certainly uh, an investigation as well uh, around the abuses there. Um, and then there's so much more we need to do for immigrant and refugees. I know you got other questions, but let me just mm-hmm. say this. No, as, no, let me don't. say this as a voter. What I'm tired of is I'm tired of us electing, allowing elected officials and policymakers off the hook where they get to single issue a constituency. You, you know, that you get to, you know, you get to say to immigrants and refugees, well, I support uh, comprehensive immigration reform and then you're done. Uh, mm-hmm. When I ask you about violence in the seventh, you get to say I support gun control reform and then you're done. Mm-hmm. When I ask you about the rights of my LGBTQIA brothers and sisters, you get to say, you know, well, I support marriage equality and you're done. Uh, when I ask you about the rights of women, you get to say I support reproductive justice and freedom. Um, so I support choice and then you're done. We don't live in checked boxes. We live in intersectionality. Absolutely. We live in nuance and we've got to govern that way. So you don't. So and, and the other thing I want to say is I think I'm the only candidate in this race talking about the district you can talk about the border but tell me what do you know about maverick square in east boston what do you know about via victoria in the south end what do you know about hyde square and jamaica plain what do you know about blue hill avenue and mattapan square and mattapan this district has 30 percent foreign-born residents yes i support non-citizens having the right to vote you're contributing to civic and community life, our tax base and economy. And they're saying that you can't go and cast a vote for someone that's making decisions about your livelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can talk about Puerto Rico being in the dark and we should. Let's let's do an investigation to figure out why that is, even though we know why it is. Yes. Let's fight for federal investment to get Puerto Rico on a pathway to recovery. But let's not forget that there's Puerto Ricans in the dark in this district because they can't pay their bills. It's not just about votes on the floor of Congress. It's about this district. So, you know, one of the things I've also called for is eliminating the immigration status question from the census. Mm-hmm. The reason we have so many inequities and disparities in this district is that we are one of the most undercounted congressional districts in the country. So when you have a rogue agency like ICE raiding folks uh, and they're afraid to go to daycare, to drop their kid off to school, to go to Faith House or to go to a health center to get their kid vaccinated, we are not getting the dollars this district needs because people are afraid to be counted. What about the fact that we didn't pass Safe Communities Act? So this can't just be about Congress. We need to lean in on work in this district in partnership with with city and state um, elected officials and community. That's Um, awesome. That's amazing. Like people are are freaking out. Tip O'Neill said all all politics are local. Yeah, they're loving this. Totally. Uh, I have a few. Someone said abolish ICE. Uh, Mm -hmm. Grant agreed with you, but he also uh, wanted to uh, ask the questions that Dan Adams from the Globe is going back to the cannabis issue. Uh, he says, uh, should the mass legislature, because uh, you just mentioned too, mass legislature clarify the uh, Cannabis Control Commission's authority to review host community agreements? Should they? Should mm-hmm. they? Should they change a law? Good question for you, City Councilor. To review the host agreements? Yes. Should should the uh, mass state house basically clarify the issue 
and give the CCC the authority to review the host community agreements. Uh, absolutely. I mean, otherwise, we're, if we're going to leave it subject to interpretation, an interpretation that is not ensuring equity in this industry and creates barriers to access, absolutely. That's exactly that. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And, and, and I love that, too, because you're, you, you, you are running for Congress, and you are a city council right now, but it is important what happens at the state level. Like, the Safe Communities Act should have passed. Mm -hmm. It's like we have a... Like a veto-proof no Democrats at the state house, and they didn't get it done. And like I know someone like yourself, like you, you speak up. You you don't just go along with the herd. This is the problem I see in Massachusetts a lot of times. I'm pretty like I'm with you like on everything, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like we're just always fighting against Democrats. It's like most of the time. I mean, Charlie Baker's obviously there, but. You know, it's mostly our own majority. Yeah, I, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to be the congresswoman of the Massachusetts Seventh, I definitely want to be someone that is leaning in on these issues, and that's not to, in any way, uh, give short shrift to the leadership of my colleagues on the city and state level, but to be a partner because, truthfully, these challenges are regional challenges. When we talk about the affordable housing crisis, that's not unique to Boston. No, no. you know, we don't get to be parochial about any pain right no, now. No, uh, because you know, uh, childcare and access to affordable quality childcare. That's a regional issue. Access to um, accessible, affordable, reliable, rapid transit. That's a that's a, a mass seventh issue. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to work on these issues regionally. Right. You know, those I have a few for the uh, for the rapid. Okay, do a couple rapids. Go Let's ahead. Go. Um, so okay, so the military industrial complex is wild. The last year of, of Clinton, uh, the defense budget was two hundred seventy nine billion dollars. It is getting closer to the eight hundreds, right around it was where Bush Obama got it way down. It's now going the other way. Um, would you support major reductions in the Department of Defense budget? Yes, and, and reinvesting. Yes, at least twenty five percent. At least. You know, if not more. Listen, I've had to vote on budgets. That's dope. That's bold. I was going to ask that. No, about no, 200. That's about no, no, 200. No, no. That's great. That's they that's you know You're why? right. You're right. You know it's why? Because like it's not making us any safer. Yeah. And I resent the fact, um, just in a municipal budget, fiscally, the decisions that people have forced my hand to make, mm -hmm. we need more investment in our domestic, um, you know, deficits and challenges. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, would you support um, a major tax increase similar to what we're trying to do with the fair share? Uh, Clinton had this proposal um, towards the towards the end of the 16 this, campaign, a basically tax a millionaire's tax? tax on a federal level in an attempt to raise roughly a hundred billion um, in federal dollars on um, on people that make in excess over a million dollars. I know you were on board with the fair yeah, share no, here. Yeah, yeah. Would you be on board with a fair share federally? I don't know enough about it, but it seems like, yeah, why not? Well, I mean, I, without even knowing about the thing, do you think that we need to move to a place where people who make over a million Calvin, are paying more in their federal taxes? Calvin, absolutely. Of and let course. me just say, no there are so many fiscal reforms. I mean, this is, you know, yes, repeal the Trump tax cuts, but also if we do things like parole reform, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of money out there that we're spending on mm -hmm. things the and, the, you know, that are not... Um, uh, promoting uh, more equitable, healthier, safer communities. Nor we is gotta, it sustainable. We got to be bold. In fact, I think that we should be uh, really uh, looking looking closely at um, piloting uh, the fair, um, uh, the federal uh, jobs guarantee. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just going to ask you. You about know, that. federal jobs guarantee. I think we should also be considering, and I do support student debt cancellation yes. because the average graduate is leaving with $30,000 worth of debt. That's crushing wallets and dreams. And it would jumpstart our economy um, if we could just cancel out all that debt. Wow. 
you know? No, now, I'm guessing, I want to bring, because no, there was an issue that came up with uh, what Trump did, is that some of these, Obama was going to allow some of these shady schools. There was these private schools. Oh, like the one that he owns. I got a lot to say about those. They, they basically, yeah, like the ones Trump owns, but there were even other ones that were bigger, you know, and they, they you know, went out of business, they defrauded students, they lied to them, and uh, their student loans, you know, basically Obama was going to let, let them be forgiven, and now Trump's said, no way. And uh, Betsy DeVos has said, no way. And, and the students have to pay. Like, and, and these were like scam schools. They got defrauded. Yeah, well, actually, that is an issue that I led on locally. Um, so I had been, it's an organization that's been rebranded. It's now called Empath. But it used to be called the Crittenden Women's Union. And again, I've always done this work in partnership with community. And so I met with those women and I said, all of you seem to have a common denominator um, that they, many of them had attended a for-profit college or university. Now, mm. we're not vilifying the whole industry, no. okay? Sure. But what I'm saying is that they, uh, this is people that are not looking for a handout. They're looking for a hand up, just looking to get more education, to be right. more competitive in the job market, to provide for their families. And they get ensnared in a downward spiral of debt. These certificates that don't even get them a job. They know they're going to default on these loans. Then they have a poor credit score. They can't get a job. No one will rent to them. They can't get a home. And they have that in common. And so um, I convened uh, the first city council hearing on the predatory practices and deceptive marketing of uh, many for-profit colleges and universities in this in the Massachusetts 7th and then partnered with the Attorney General as well as Senator Warren to make sure that those students that had been scammed um, are, are getting recouped the money uh, that they lost. Um, but this is also why we need debt-free higher education because um, those folks for a third of the cost could have gotten an education that would have actually gotten them on a pathway mm. um, to getting a job and to providing for the family. I don't know anyone who got a certificate at these predatory uh, schools that uh, uh, provided them gainful employment. Yeah, they mm. benefit from it. Well, they you give you benefit. that guarantee, which yeah. no one can. Right. They say, you know, we promise you employment, which no one can. Mm. Yeah. You know, so Even that's good schools like Harvard that's right. or, or state schools. Like <laughs> no. I went to a state school. And they didn't guarantee employment, but I think it was worth it <laughs> back but then folks, anyways. Uh, but folks, none of this can happen unless you go out uh, and vote for uh, Mrs. Presley. Yeah? That's right. None of this can happen September unless you go out 4th, and vote. Is that right? Yeah. It's the first Tuesday in September. September 4th is the day after Labor Day and the first week of school. So if y'all think that you're going to be somewhere at a barbecue... Um, you know, doing the electric slide, um, you know, please make it your business to get an absentee ballot. Um, you know, this is um, not one to sit out. And if you care and if you have time, especially, you should get involved. Yeah, you like, can have you can the ballot mailed doors, to your right? house. Right, they, Calvin? They, they can volunteer for your campaign right now, right? Absolutely. You know, this is a people powered army and movement here. Uh, would love to have you all be a part of the A-team for these mm -hmm. these next 10 days. I would say something, though, you know, um, I'm of the belief that people don't participate and they don't show up, not because they're ignorant or apathetic and don't know any better or don't give a damn. You know, people don't show up because of broken hearts and broken promises, um, because of a deficit of trust. Absolutely. And so, you know, I'm running because I want to do everything possible um, to be uh, accessible to every person, to not make assumptions about who has a right to participate in democracy or who wants to. And that means being intentional. That means having a meeting in between the second and third shift. That means providing childcare. That means providing food. That means providing translation services and meeting people where they are, uh, whether it's a church basement after mass, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what we've been doing. Uh, in this campaign is not making assumptions. Everyone keeps saying, well, who do you got to turn out? We want to engage everybody. Absolutely. We're, we're not making assumptions about who cares. 
You know, everybody has a right to have a stakeholder in their democracy and to be heard. You know, and that's what we want. That's why. That's why we're running. Um, can I ask awesome. one question around immigration? Because I know sure. that this is an issue of of. I, I think I know your position, and I know it's in very stark contrast um, to the incumbent congressman. You talked about um, the uh, the voting, which is amazing. That's that's a, that's the real deal. Would you support immigrants who aren't citizens um, being able to get driver's licenses? Of course, uh, absolutely. Okay. Because what I think the legislation right now, if TPS is not renewed, mm-hmm. people that are um, that are TPS holders will lose their their driver's licenses. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding. So and I don't you know on like four occasions I have seen this asked of um Congressman Capuano and he hasn't been supportive um and sort of doubles down and I've seen him on all four occasions lecture people and say, I don't want you on Trump's list. You don't know what he's really been like, you don't know what you want and immigrant communities have been really upset. He's literally been like, no, because then you'll be on that list. And mm-hmm. then you see these like immigrant women being like, but this is what we want to do. Like we're saying we really need the license. That's what gets us arrested is that we're driving to work and we don't have a license and like it's a that's safety the problem. issue as well. He's been like, no, I don't want you on that record. I'm trying to help you. And I've always found it really shocking of a position of an elected to be like, no people dealing with it. I know better than you on that's your issue. Crazy. Well, the reason I support it is four times. Uh, well, the reason I support it is, um, you know, one of the reasons why I'm running also is to support transit dependent communities. Folks that are taking the bus, not because they want to, but because it's their only option Mm -hmm. and it isn't reliable. You know, shout out to Green Roots and Chelsea and folks like that. So, you know, listen, if we have transit that's more uh, reliable uh, reliable and rapid and affordable and uh, and we're not trying to uh, resolve our transit system on the backs of working class, please, and low and low income (laughs) people, um, you know, certainly I'm opposed to the private privatization uh, of the T. But, you know, then maybe folks wouldn't have to drive. But the reality is that we don't have a public transit system when it comes to um, rapid, dedicated bus lanes or a reliable and accessible uh, public uh, uh, transit T system. And so folks, some people are driving because that's their livelihood. Some people are driving because that's how they get to work. Some people are driving because they're caregivers of, you know, of, of, of elderly loved ones and that are aging in a community and need to be able to drive them around. And so folks deserve to have that self-agency and that autonomy. And there are so many other ways with which they're, they're living in fear and are, and are limited and, and are living um, uh, compromised lives and so I do support folks having driver's licenses That's awesome. before you go I have a, a question I wasn't going to ask any because I, 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 I know what, what, what mostly what your positions are however for, for the folks who are claiming that you're playing identity politics mm. I, I'd like for you to dispel that for them uh, in that I, I know your background but they don't so I'd like for you to speak to that before you leave today please thank you all right. Are we wrapping up here? Yeah, we pretty much. I'm the last here? comment I'm going to make uh, pretty much Tuesday, September 4th. Get involved and sign up at www.ianapresley.com. And that's a comment on our, our, that was a comment from one of our listeners. Shout out Not to me, Mighty Soul. Shout out it. to Chelsea. Yeah. So Tuesday, September 4th, get involved, sign up, ianapresley.com. All right. So I was, I was asked to uh, wrap up here, uh, dispelling any notion that I am playing identity politics. Um, as I said um, at the outset, um, I am black and a woman and uh, unapologetically proud to be both. However, that is not the totality of my identity. I am a wife. I am a mother. I was a caregiver to my mother end of life. I am an activist leader and a problem solver. And that's what this district deserves. And it's what these times require. I am offended at these charges that have continually been lobbied against me. It is a predictable play from the GOP playbook. So I find it uh, very hurtful 
and discouraging that this is something being lobbied against me uh, by progressive Democrats in this commonwealth. I've never once asked someone to vote for me because I'm black and I'm a woman. However, representation does matter. And, um, and, and, I, and I do want to underscore that. And when I say representation because I'm black and I'm a woman, folks can um, uh, shorthand who we're talking about. You know, government is better served by a diversity of perspective, opinion, and thought. It is called cognitive diversity. We do not need to have a diversity of perspective, opinion, and thought so that we can brag about our progressive bona fides for contrived moments of kumbaya and about how benevolent we are. The reason why we need a diversity of perspective, opinion, and thought around decision-making tables and the corridors of power is because different issues are spotlighted and emphasized and raised. And ultimately, the solutions are more innovative and more enduring. I will give you an example. Nikki Songus. Yeah. She is retired. We have a race going on, an open seat in the third. She was a military brat. She said she was running to represent the district, would bring a different lens. When she got to Washington, she made military sexual assault. I think it has been the defining hallmark of her tenure because she met with folks. It struck a deeply resonant chord with her, and she decided, I'm going to take on rape culture in the military and make sure that victims can become survivors mm. and get the healing and the justice they deserved. Now, when she was running for office, did she perfectly punctuate and articulate that she was going to do that thing? She had no idea. That wasn't a part of her platform. But because she had a different lens and lived experience right. that when she was around the decision-making table, right. she made a different choice. When I was elected to the Boston City Council in 2009, our first budget hearings, I said, what are you doing for girls and women? And they, they had answers, but not enough. Now they come with books and binders. All leadership and advocacy begins by someone seeing a community and calling out the issue. Someone has to name it, but no one can name it if they don't see it. And I'm going to close here. Today, I was the matron, the grand matron, for the second time for Caribbean Carnival. Third largest Caribbean Carnival in North America. And it was an incredible honor. The first time I did that was in 2009, running for the city council for the first time. We were parading down Blue Hill Avenue. It was a torrential downpour. And as we walked down Blue Hill Avenue, little black girls would raise their hand and they, they would call out, who is Ayana? Right? <laughs> it wasn't clear because I was walking with a bunch of brown folks. Now I only walk with white men so it's clear. <laughs> who is the black woman on, on the ballot? I'm, I'm kidding. I'll walk okay. <laughs> but, so we're parading down Blue Hill Avenue and, and they said, who is Ayana? And this happened throughout the route and I, I swear to God, and I would raise my hand and say, I'm Ayana. And they would say, that is my name too. Can I walk with you? Mm. Right? Right. Yeah. So I just want to share that story as an example of the power of representation. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having me on. Y'all, y'all aren't jerks at all. We love I just you. Want to say that. Yeah, we're you know, y'all, 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 y'all aren't jerks at all. So, <laughs> Not to you. Yeah. So thanks for having us on. Appreciate the platform. Listen, I hope to earn your partnership, your vote, your confidence uh, on September 4th. But whether I whether I earn your vote or not. Please do make sure that you show up and you vote September 4th in this primary. This will be the first time the 7th Congressional District has had a choice in a generation, and I hope um, that I will be yours. I hope so, too. So uh, that was Ayanna Presley, City Councilor of Boston. Again, we're so happy you were here. Absolutely. Are we, are we oh, yes. Absolutely. Let's Absolutely. give her a round of applause, Yay. too. Oh, we're going to take a quick break. Sure. Thank sure. you, Judith. Thank you, Ayanna. Thank you. Mike, Ed. And we're going to come back with the uh, crew and wrap it up. Uh, so stick around. We're going to keep the video going. Uh, we'll be back in like 10 minutes. We're going to have a quick break, right?
Yes, yes, yeah. I need yeah, water. And, and we're going to take a picture, a hopefully, of Diana. Yeah. Oh, I got you, Judy, on both. All right, oh, so we'll be back. Nice, nice, Before nice. I became a patient of Temesco Wellness, I'd worry when my cannabis supply was running low. I need cannabis to live pain-free. Temesco Wellness is expanding its network in Massachusetts with a care center in Hudson and two new centers in Framingham and Pittsfield opening soon. Our friendly, professional staff connects with patients to understand their medical conditions and help them choose the cannabis products that provide the most symptom relief. I just called the number on their website, and a Temesco Wellness specialist walked me through applying for the Massachusetts Medical Marijuana Program. Once I was approved, I went to the center in Hudson. Not only did they have my favorite strain, they recommended a low-dose edible that's helped with sustained symptom relief. Our testing and production facility in Worcester means the quality of the products we cultivate for our Massachusetts patients is controlled and monitored by Temesco Wellness from seed to display. And we apply the same rigorous standards to the third-party retail products we carry. Temesco Wellness took all the stress out of getting the cannabis products I rely on. Visit ma.temescowellness.com to learn more and get connected to the Massachusetts Medical Cannabis Program. Mesco Wellness, quality cannabis for a better quality of life. Listen back to any WEMF broadcast at WEMFradio.com slash podcast. Listen back anytime, anywhere using your digital database, computer, and email
Before I became a patient of Temesca Wellness, I'd worry when my cannabis supply was running low. I need cannabis to live pain-free. Temesco Wellness is expanding its network in Massachusetts with a care center in Hudson and two new centers in Framingham and Pittsfield opening soon. Our friendly, professional staff connects with patients to understand their medical conditions and help them choose the cannabis products that provide the most symptom relief. I just called the number on their website and a Temesco Wellness specialist walked me through applying for the Massachusetts Medical Marijuana Program. Once I was approved, I went to the center in Hudson. Not only did they have my favorite strain, they recommended a low-dose edible that's helped with sustained symptom relief. Our testing and production facility in Worcester means the quality of the products we cultivate for our Massachusetts patients is controlled and monitored by Temesco Wellness from seed to display. And we apply the same rigorous standards to the third-party retail products we carry. Temesco Wellness took all the stress out of getting the cannabis products I rely on. Visit ma.temescowellness.com to learn more and get connected to the Massachusetts Medical Cannabis Program. Temesco Wellness, quality cannabis for a better quality of life. We're back live. We're the Young Jerks on WEMF Radio. We had a nice little break and just an amazing show so far. Amazing. Wasn't it Judy Foster? Amazing. My name's Mike Crawford. I didn't amazing say it. Amazing Mike Crawford. It's not me that's amazing today. It's the crew. And yes. It's uh, the station. It's yes. the show. And it was the last guest we had. I oh, mean, she is amazing. Dynamic. No matter what happens in this election, uh, I just hope she continues. I know she will. She, she, she is, will. She's, she's a go-getter. She's a fighter. She's a warrior. And I'm hoping that we're she lucky. takes the seven. We are lucky to yes. have her she's fight yes. for us. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And so Calvin Feliciano is still here. He's from that hey, show. Hey. That show that comes after. Activist Hour. Shout out to Monica Cannon Grant Shout tonight. Out Monica. We got Bobby Constantino coming up. We're going to do a DA final sort of evaluation wrap up. And then we got a super special top secret surprise guest. Mm. You do. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And I know who it is. It's big. <laughs> and we also have a big show next week as well. Uh, we may give some details, some details not. We have a big guest next week, definitely. And then we have to talk after the show and figure out what else we want to do. But okay. mm-hmm. we, right. we, uh, we also have Ed still here, Ed D'Souza. Hey, Ed from Thank River you. Run. What's River up? Run. Yeah. Big little Ed. So we, we I mean, uh, does everyone uh, really happy about the Ayana thing? Are we all, I, I mean, I was like in love with her. I'm, I'm in love. Yeah, I am. I have a girl crush now. Bit. She looks fabulous, just let's say. I really Sis hope she crush. wins. I have a girl crush now. She's amazing, man. IannaPresley.com. Yes. If you want to get involved with her yes. campaign, vote, help her. Vote Do you have money? $4.20? Yes. Let her know you care about cannabis. But September do it, 4th. Do it fast. Ayanna Presley, you all got to go out there and vote for her. We need change. We need a warrior. Not that uh, Mike uh, hasn't been fighting for us, but we need new, fresh eyes, fresh blood. You know, fresh perspective. We need innovative thinking. And I know that's what Ayanna Presley brings to the table. And uh, Mike has served us well. And I think that he could be better served in another area. And so <laughs> Ayanna needs to um, step up and, and, and take over. So, Mike, you know, we love you. But um, I think that you've served us long enough. And it's time for fresh eyes and a fresh new voice. And, uh, and that should be Ayanna Presley. That's right. 
And I also want to apologize a little bit, too, because I just realized they sent us a text at 6.57 and said we had to wrap it up hard at 7. <laughs> and we asked two more questions. It was uh, Calvin and oh, then Judy. that's funny. Long questions, oh, too. Wow. So we sorry. did keep them a little I'm late. Sorry. We're sorry about that. Uh, we apologize. But they were gracious late. and positive yeah, about it. They were very nice. I, I think uh, they may be late to the next event. If they are, it's our fault. This is Young Jerks. It's not their campaign. They're unbelievably she awesome. thought we weren't jerks. They were here early. I mean, I just loved it. I loved every... They, they're, they're really a nice campaign, too. Like, the people Amazing. that work for them. Uh, very competent as well. IannaPresley.com. Check her out. Amazing. If you don't know already. Uh, we also... We, we, we have a big announcement we want to get into right now, too, because we have... We just decided to do, do this, and uh, we haven't announced it anywhere. There's going to be a you know big promo coming up, um, but I'm just going to read it because we just decided to do this, right, Judy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're kind of the ringleader on this. Well, yes, yes. WEMF Radio and Sensi Magazine present Vope. Uh, I'm sorry, let me say that again. <laughs> present Vote Vape Chow, a primary election watch party from a vape and edibles lounge sponsored by Beantown Grow Town. Wicked baked edibles and the campaign and the campaign of Michael Maloney, independent for Suffolk County District Attorney, our friend. Uh, and the broadcast starts at seven thirty. Uh, tune in to WEMF uh, Radio, the Young Jerks Facebook pages, or WEMFRadio.com slash live. That's going to be Tuesday night, primary night, mm-hmm. September fourth, starting. I believe it's seven thirty. We're going to have a big election special. I think Alex Mendez, also running for Mass State Senate, is going to be here. Nice. And uh, Michael Maloney is like the man of the hour. He's sponsoring the whole thing. And um, you can find him at dasuffolkcounty.com. Mike we, Maloney. And we love him. Love uh, him. He's a friend. He's also, i got to just say, he's helped me out with some legal issues in the past. So he's, he's someone that I've relied on. Uh, I, I definitely recommend him. And um, his phone number, 617-419-6719. And that's uh, Michael Maloney, 617-419-6719. And if you want to invite Shout him. Shout out to Harvey Dent. If you want to invite him to a Suffolk <laughs> County DA forum or anything like that, yes. interview him. Yeah. You're in the press, call him. He, or he's or have a house party for him. That's right. <coughs> call him up. If you want to help his campaign. But he's going to be here Tuesday night, the primary night. We're going to have a big uh, election special. You can watch it live. And uh, it's also going to be a little party for us, too, yes, in the station yes, yes. and some of our community and friends. We're, you know, obviously, we'd love to have uh, everyone be able to attend, but that's not going to be the case. There's going to be a few, you know, a few of our, our, our besties are going to be getting to yeah. hang out here. We yeah. wish it could be everyone, but it is limited. Space is always limited. But it's going to be live, right? It's going to be live. And, so, and you know what? Everyone is invited to watch the broadcast. They'll be with you. Yeah. That'll be great. you got to watch the yeah. broadcast. Yeah. Go to your favorite place, your favorite uh, 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 membership club or, 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 yes. or, 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 you know, wherever you go and take it in. And even if you're in an, at someone else's election party, because yes. a lot of people will be, you know, at Denise Rollins yeah. or, you know. Uh, maybe Ayana's party. There's going to be a lot of we parties also, that night. We also have my girl Sam Hammer. That's Sam, right. Sam, yes, yes. So, good luck to Sam. And that's one of the things I want to wrap it up today. Uh, you know, talk about some of these campaigns. Yeah, and like, Squalia. What, what do we like? Like, let's talk about that. Sam Hammer versus Jason Lewis right now. Um, I want to ask. Are we going to do predictions? I want to ask viability predictions, Ooh, but I also I like where that. do you stand? Like, which one do you like? Sam, uh, hands Sam down. Everyone, Sam Hammer. Hands Hammer. down. Sam Hammer, easy. Uh, I think she has a shot. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't she's say still, Hammer. Wait a minute. You like she's Hammer? Doing, over, she's doing great. She's doing. You like good. Hammer over Lewis? Um, no, I wouldn't say over Lewis. No, I, I'm, I'm not talking about prediction. I'm talking about do you like her over Lewis? Yes um, no? I, I like her. I wouldn't say over. 
Okay. I think I think she'll be a lot like him. Okay. Okay. All I'll right. tell you what. Right now, I went to. So you, her, if uh, you had to vote in that district, you'd vote for Lewis or the Hammer. Oh, I don't know. Okay. If I had to vote there, I don't know. All right. Yeah, Alvin. I would say cannabis should sway you. That guy was an opponent every step of the way. It was way. awful. It was awful. But I, uh, too Go many ahead. of them do that, though. Yeah, and he's yeah. also a farmer guy. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to talk again. Go ahead. We had a fun break. We did. Uh, we, did. we did. Yeah, so Calvin, I met Sam Hammer, and she gave me two hours of her time mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. talk about everything. Um, she's somebody who I'll tell you she is not going to be the same person. She is repping for a lot of good causes for teachers. Mm -hmm. for, she's you know she's for she's everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I give her a chance, man. All right, and I would say uh, prediction wise, I think Lewis is still going to win, but he's she's given him more of a run for his money. She's than been I think great he for him. Ever expected? She and made him come out. He's having to spend a lot of money. From what I'm hearing, he's spending spending some major money, mm -hmm. from probably dark money. And the mailings are going out, and uh, it's because of her. So yeah. I, th I think no matter what happens this election uh, with Sam Hammer versus Jason Lewis, Sam Hammer's the winner on it. She has a bright future. I can't wait to see the the, the things that she does going forward. Um, she's going to do great things, and she's a great leader. One thing that really convinced me was her. she's against the for-profit prisons. Mm -hmm. And that is just... You need people to come out and talk about the atrocities. I don't know the senator. I mean, Lewis the, the for-profit prisons. Prison. The problem is there there aren't any in mass. Like especially in the state level, there might exist on the federal level, but most of those are federalized. But a lot of that's on the state hey, level. Mike. And and mass, they're all public prisons. Hey, they're, Mike, what's creeping in that hasn't been here before? Private prisons? No, not private prisons. What? Big business. Look at the big businesses we have coming in lately. Yeah, but in Massachusetts, it's more about the, the you know, there there is a prison uh, uh, lobby. It's called the prison unions in Mass, and, and they're the ones who are, you know, it's a, it's it's just the you know way you word it, but it's, I think if you're really looking at them too, the big difference between them has been, ironically, cannabis. Yeah, um, is like one of the few issues that shows any daylight between right. them two. Yeah, if you ask them a hundred issues, they're going to be the same on 97 of them. And the other three, I think, will be very tied to cannabis um, or, or to the issue, you know. And I see too many of them do that. I right. see too many of them get in and then they're so scared of the politics that they start, you know, re reciting false facts on cannabis yeah. and like the world's going to end and kids are going to be smoking up at every middle school. And Education, it's, it's man. That's Education. Jason Lewis. So let's move on from that because uh, we. I want to kind of make this a speed round. I don't want to go too far. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, let's go look at some other races. Uh, I mean, obviously, Ayana versus Capuano. I take Ayana 50.5 to 49.5. Well, I think she's going to win. Potential recount territory. I think wow. She's gonna win. I think he's going to... You know what? She may win. I, 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 I've been saying I think it's 50-50. It mm -hmm. could go either way. Yeah. Uh, you know, most people in the polls earlier were showing Capuano was leading, but uh, anything can happen. It's, uh, it yeah, depends absolutely. on who comes out, I really think. Yeah. If Boston comes out big over Somerville, then you know it makes a difference. And the council made a great point, um, and, and I work in politics. Polls are very skewed towards older white voters. Yeah, absolutely. Natural, that's who picks yeah. up house well, we saw You this. can't poll cell phones. And that's usually who votes. Well, we yeah. saw but this. sometimes it changes. But well, they, even though they're, they're a majority of the vote, sorry to cut you off, Judy, even no, though they're a majority of the vote, they also get oversampled even more than that on No, but polls. you saw this in and Iowa in 2016 election. 
election where um, every all the polls and the pundits said, um, Hillary. you know, Hillary. Yeah, yeah, and they totally screwed the call. They did. So again, you know, you can't rely on polls. There's always a plus or minus too. Yeah. Even if it's plus or minus five, it's probably really plus or minus ten. If you and really with a candidate it. like Ayana, I don't think you can um, measure. Measure absolutely. No one's been like her before. That's Absolutely. what happens when you have someone who's different, like a Trump yes. or Ayanna, because yes. they haven't, their people haven't come out before. And, and that's why I compared her, even Obama too. And this is why I compared her congressional race to the um, woman in uh, the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry yeah. for 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 not remembering her name. I rather not butcher her. Alex- name. Alexandria <laughs> Ocasio. Cortez. Nice, nice. So, yeah, and so I see this upset happening. It could. Yeah. You know, this just my feeling. Maybe I'm wrong, but I see an upset happening, and folks... Well, what is an upset? Well, her winning. Her oh, winning. I understand that, but yes. her winning. Hold on so here's well, the If the people if, want it... Well, it's an upset. The never people lose. almost 99% never want it. Yeah. Never yeah. the incumbent lose, unless it's a scandal. Well, it's yeah. like, you know... <laughs> and, and, and Mike has no scandal. <laughs> so here's a, here's a scary liked. statistic for you. First of all, we're second to last in a country an elected official turnover you're more likely they used to call it raid r-a-i-d you're more likely to retire be appointed to office be indicted for crimes or committed die. While or in die. office or, or die, die in office, office. Yes. then you are to straight Look up lose Kennedy. an election yes. Ted Kennedy died. you don't lose yes. elections died in office yeah Ted incumbents Kennedy. don't just lose and I think this is going to be the exception it could be yes listen Very it's a younger younger uh, demographic yep and frustrated. folks be frustrated. They the, want females no, too. They yes. want people of color. I do. Unemployment, yeah, I do. underemployment, lack of proper housing, affordable housing. Someone who's a fighter on these and, issues. And a every leader. day, people are seeing needles in 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 schoolyards and playgrounds. And when you drive by Mass Ave, it's 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 just destructive to your inner being to see other human beings living like that. Shout out to the homie Leon Rivera and the the Needles in the Park slash Heroin in Boston right. movement. Yeah, it's it's dis as a mom, it's disheartening every time I have to drive and it's right adjacent to the juxtaposed to the hospital. How, how does how do we justify this, people? It's, crazy. It, it's just madness, and and I see them just on the ground, and and it's like no one cares. I know, and and it just and my heart just 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 bleeds for these folks. You know, the other thing too I liked about Ayana uh, on the way out is uh, she wanted to introduce Ed to her staff yes. uh, from yeah. City Hall. Yes, you know, so that that she could help hopefully yes. follow up on some of your work. Yes. Um, I very grateful. Great. And very even grateful. though Ed is not in her constituency, right, yep. Ed? That's what she said. Yep. She acknowledged this that. Is, but this is camera. People. That wasn't a part of the show. That was like no. afterwards. Yeah. Yes. This Impromptu. is people caring for people. Yes. And she cares about being the real deal. Yeah. She is. I can deal. vouch for that because I've worked with her for a number of years. I was there with her when she was first elected to the city council. And folks really didn't give her a shot then either. Yeah. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Well, and remember, I came from Boston ABCD. Look at so, that. So, hmm. you know, no. I, I, I know about her. Okay. And I know about the counselors that were for programs and not for programs. Okay. I mean, she. I know, I remember when the uh, school in Warren Street was opened up, she was instrumental in that. Yes, yes. And it took some uh, convincing of the mayor to get the sidewalks done and all that. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. So. She's awesome. Yes, she is. She is. And I'm not just saying that, but, um, and it's not about, uh, we, you know, I'm black woman. She is, and so no, Ayana will be the congressman of all people. Right. Yes, not just a, a, a segment of the the district, folks. If you're listening, she is not about that, and not about divisive politics. If you listen to her, she's um, forthright and very honest, and she's for everyone. I love it. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some other races. Uh, 
This is that race that we've referenced a few times. I screwed it up last week, too. I, I, third for some CD, reason, the third congressional? Yeah, because remember last week I thought, like, yeah. I was thinking it was a state office? Yeah, yeah, You yeah. didn't correct me. You should correct me. I did. Me. I did said you? that. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I told you, I said, oh, that's the third CD, the one with Dan Coe. Oh, see, I missed it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a congressional office. So, I so, was the seventh, so, that one's the third. So, you got Dan Coe leading now, who's got all the money for Mayor Walsh. She's, yep. you know, he was basically Mayor Walsh's big aide, and he's got all he the, the money. He's the chief of staff. Chief of Staff. Yep. He's leading the campaign, it looks like, in the polls. But you got some other you know, candidates right on his heels. You got some good candidates in that race. I, I like Laurie Trahan. Trahan, mm-hmm. I think her name is. I also like uh, uh, Juana. She's from Lowell. She's, yep. she's doing good. And I also like Juana Mateus. Juana's my heart. My wife just uh, donated to her campaign. I love Juana. But unfortunately, I don't think they're going to win. I think it's going to be Dan Cole. And, uh, you know, maybe the, uh, what's her name, the Barbara Latalian, maybe she'll pull it out. But. Yeah, I think it's definitely, from from what the recent polls showed, um, and sort of the front runners, I think, are definitely Cole, Rufus Gifford. That's right. Um, who's, who's like a former, I think his dad is like a president of Boston Bank. Yep. Um, and, uh, and and, and he's a former ambassador to like Greece or something. And Italian. Uh, and then now, Senator Italian. Now, guys, talk about the governor's race for a minute because I've, I've not heard yeah. you know too much talk about that. And it's, I don't talk about it because it's sad. We're gonna you have know, you know what's great too, like and you know, Jay Gonzalez. Yeah, I was thinking about this on the way into like. Yeah, uh, please. I think you know when we, when we think about Ayanna Presley, how people are saying it's bad for the party. Yeah. Like, you know, she's had to address this BS. Mm-hmm. You know who's probably really friggin' happy she's running. Who that? Both the Democrats running? Bob Massey and Jacob yeah. Collins. Because <laughs> it helps they them. can't get any attention. They can't get anyone to vote. Right. Like, right. it's going to be such a low turnout. They need, you know, I think they wish that Ayanna was running in every district so that they could get people to come out and vote for them. Right. Otherwise, they're not going to have any chance against Charlie Baker. Ironically, they have. This is one of the best years for down ballot to to help the up ballot. Right. There's so many rep seats, Senate seats, congressional. There's three of y'all. If on they the didn't have all these challenges, oh, I mean, look at you know we had Shagun, uh, Sh- uh, Shagun on last Shagun. week. Shagun, yes. John he, Santiago. Yeah. Oh yes, he's going to win. These guys are helping. He's, I predict these guys, winning. these challengers are, are helping yes. up ballot. Yes. Because yeah. No one is paying attention to Bob Massey. No, Jay Gonzalez. no one. The problem, and, is, the problem is Bob or Jay, whoever wins, can't get 40 points against Baker. Good it's Lord. crazy. Yeah. I don't get it. It's sad. Can't get it's, 40. it's about the media. I don't know. We'll see. You never know. It could change. It could. It could. Things can change yes. very quickly. Rapidly. Yeah. Overnight. Uh, I hope so. I, I like both of them. I just wish they would get some more attention. I, I wish uh, we could get uh, Gonzalez on the show, too. He hasn't come on yet. That'd be nice. Um, and we'll probably reach out to Bob Massey. You're probably going to work out. I'm going to reach out I'll to reach Bob. Out. Imagine, you know what? Maybe last week we'll try to get them both on. That so, would be next, something, right? so next week yeah, we're gonna have um, we're gonna have Massey on Activist Hour. All right. So we maybe we'll offer him. So maybe I should. We could offer him to do seven to eight here and eight to nine on Activist well, Hour. I would you want to do him. that? I we're gonna work it out after. I spoke okay. with we, him we, at the um, Greater on. Boston Interfaith um, debate the other mm-hmm. night, and so I did express that we could have him on the um, Young Jerks. Yeah. And so he was he was up up for it. But I wanted to get Gonzalez on too. That would be great if we had them both on. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So we'll see what we can do. We will. Forum. Next week's in play. Yeah, cool. Great. We'll see what happens. Cool. Uh, other races, uh, obviously. I think Jeff Santiago wins. All right, you think he I does? I think he beats Byron Russia. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be another 50.5 wow. to 49.5. Wow. Not I more. I, I, I think he beats Byron. So, Calvin, you what think Shogun's going to win? I do. I do as I think well. Shogun wins, too. Yep. I think it's going to be super close. You no, know what What about Javon Lassette and Dan uh, Cullinane? You know, Javon, unfortunately, um, I'm not saying unfortunately, Danny's a good kid, but... Um, 
Uh, Javon's just not running the sort of campaign okay. you know, needed so, to win. So, so Dan, you I think, think Dan, yeah, I think Dan smashes him. Yeah. Okay, let's okay. talk about the big race. I want to talk about which we're, one? Where you know we're doing a party about it. Suffolk District Attorney. Yes, ah, yes, yeah. yes. We who, have to talk who, about that. Who's gonna win this? Who do you like? I think Greg Henning wins by a mile. Uh, Forty-two points in a five-way. It's gonna be. That's what I think too. Unfortunately, yeah. but who do you like? And who do you um, think will take second? The two that I love are Ivanjo Carvalho because he held the flag for us on criminal justice reform in a real way these last four years. Um, and the, the the person that I think will come in second, who I also love, is Rachel, Rachel Rollins. Rollins. Well, you know, I'm 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 biased. I'm already in <coughs> with Mike Maloney, and so I I want to see who gets in afterwards. And I I hope it's Rachel um, because I really don't want to see uh, Greg. To be our DA, I don't have young children, but as a mom and as a grandmother, I'm I'm really concerned with someone who has no compassion and someone who can easily just say, you know, dispel with the criminal justice reform bill and didn't mm. even look at it. Mm. And while I was at the um, Greater uh, Boston Interfaith uh, Organizations <laughs> debate, <laughs> yes, he did not show up. And uh, I do have the pa the paper that said he did not answer not one question on the list. Because so, you all wanted a yes and no, and he doesn't yeah. want to be held accountable. That's and literally so, what he said. For me, that was very telling. That was bizarre. Very telling, where the other candidates, they showed up, <coughs> and specifically, you know, my candidate, independent uh, reform candidate for uh, criminal justice reform, Mike Maloney, he has no problem answering yes or no uh, questions. And so for me... The passion that he shows is 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 enough where uh, to tell me he's a defense You're attorney. With Mike. Yes, You're I'm, all I'm, I'm all all the I way. I mean, I'm in. with Mike too, but I'm talking uh, the, well, the primary. Well, it looks like Henning is going to be the okay. guy because right. yeah, it'll who be Henning. So who are the who are the other people you like though uh, in the primary? Like personally, you you could I, support. I be could happy with. I could support Rachel. Rachel, I really what could about support what about Rachel. Champion? You, you know, I could support either one. What about uh, McCullough? I, she's not strong what enough. What about uh, I couldn't support Evandro? I I did support Evandro. Okay. Remember he was on the yep, show. Yep. Um, but some things happened since then, and you know I'm no longer confident that uh, he has the the backing, the following, right. and, and and I mean Felix Arroyo did uh, endorse Evandro. He's yes. also got Pop DeLeo, which I don't like. Right. Uh, I like Evandro. Yes. I like uh, Rachel I. Rollins. I like even like McAuliffe. I like uh, Linda Champion. I don't like Greg Henning. Uh, I, I think you guys yes. are right. I think Greg Henning's yes. probably going to win. The, yeah. I'm looking at Rachel Rollins probably take second, Evander a third, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. you know? I think Evander comes four or five. Yes, Maybe. He I might even fall down. Shannon definitely. Yeah. I think the top three is definitely Henning one, Rollins two, McCullough three. That could and be. And then four think, or five can just go either way. It could I think, be. I think, I think you Linda could be right. is going to surprise people. Yeah, Linda, she could come up there too. I think she's going to surprise I think it's a crapshoot. It's about who gets people out. Yeah. So. But it's going to be very interesting. Linda has a compelling story. I heard her story I like her. for the first time I like them the all. other day. I, I swear to God, I like them all yeah. except Henning. Yeah. I, and you know, I even think no Henning. No, Greg. I think Henning would even be better, though, than Dan Conley. I'm sorry. I yes. Know, I know we mm. don't want to admit that. That might be bad. He might, he might be worse than he Dan may be Conley. Worse. Yes. He could be, yes. too. He's Dan Conley 2.0. Yeah, he He's like a gang unit <laughs> yes. version of Dan oh, Conley. Steroids. No, we don't want Greg. No. Younger, worse no. version. I, yes. know. I always think younger is better, but maybe not. No, not in this case, Mike. All right. We got any other races? Anything else we want to talk about? Um, Quickly. I'm good. Good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm ready. I go. mean, uh, we got to mention our party again, but before we yes. do that, Ed D'Souza. 
River Run. River Run Gardens. Yes. You've been here all night. Thank you. You uh, Again, you started a little group. I want What's the group's name again on Facebook? It's the Massachusetts Citizens for Real Cannabis Rights, I believe. We're still working on the name. And what I like about this is you already are like soliciting the community, the group, for Oops. like the name of the group. You're, what should we fight for? You're doing polls. You're asking for... It's just not one guy. Right. It's it's the community. Everyone's having an input. Yes. And everyone's working together on yes. it in this group. Yes. And they I really are. like that. Yes. They are. And it's. I said it this morning. Um, this group is for everybody. But at the same time, it's not for everybody. Um, so if you're going to be part of this group here, uh, get ready to contribute and get ready to respect your peers. Um, this group encompasses <laughs> other groups, um, groups that don't get along. And that's the beauty of it, is that in order to be part of this group, you have to get along. Um, and what are the things that you, I know what they are, some of the things, expungement is one. Expungement has to be one. Yes. Well, you're also talking about fear agreements with the cities and towns for cannabis That's businesses. correct. That's and we're correct. also talking about uh, social consumption, right? Social consumption and uh, delivery services. Right. It's got to be a must. The things that we need to fight for, right? yes. that we all agree on. Yes. Like Abs- Absolutely. The thing is, there's... A lot of groups out there that are fighting, whether you're fighting for patients or whether you're fighting for uh, small businesses or just the right to follow this new American dream, um, there's not a navigated or agreed upon target. And that's what this really is for. And I don't intend to be the one who leads everyone. I intend to bring people together and allow them to decide what they want to do. This is bigger than me. This is going to be a, you know, a movement that is going to ensure that question four delivers what it was intended to deliver. Uh, the, the, I mean, we have people with social equity status from the Cannabis Control Commission that have no way to break into the industry because we don't have delivery services, which California has proven is the easiest way to get into the cannabis industry. It will allow you to propel into eventually dispensaries. But, Mike, you know this about me. My big thing is when small businesses hire people, they hire family. When a big business that comes into the state um, with their bottom line on their sleeves, they're hiring numbers. We don't want that. How are we going to uh, build up our neighborhoods and allow our, you know, give our kids the opportunity to be better than us if we don't have the livelihood that we're, that's available to us. That's right. Yeah, it should be for us first before we give yeah. it to them. But yeah. instead, we're doing it the opposite. Yeah. It's all about payoffs. Who can pay the most money to the cities? It and shouldn't be that way. Uh, again, uh, we got to go. We got to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> Good. Violence in Boston is coming up. Uh, the Activist Hour on WEMF Radio with Monica Cannon-Grant and you also have Calvin Feliciano yes. coming back. This dude does a major radio all there on Saturday now. Uh, and again, we want to mention next week we're going to have a big show. Uh, what I can definitely confirm is we're going to have uh, Rachel Rollins in studio who's running for district attorney. Uh, we just mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a very... Uh, it's going to be another fun show. We, yes. we had fun this week. It's yes. going to be fun yes. next week. Yes. Uh, we want to thank all of our guests, all our callers, all our supporters, all of our sponsors, For the sure. station, mm-hmm. our listeners, everybody, because yes. you've been making the show. Uh, again, we want to mention that we're going to do a special election, primary election night party here at WEMF Radio. Uh, and the Young Jerks, we're going to have uh, a special broadcast for you. Looks like it's going to start around 7.30 p.m. 
Uh, it's again sponsored uh, by the uh, district attorney candidate Michael Maloney. Yes, and uh, we're very excited to do it. We're going to have him uh, live in studio as well as uh, at least one other candidate, and it's going to be a great thing that we're doing with Sensei Magazine. Huge, <laughs> Bean Town, Grow Town, um, and uh, I had it up in my phone. Every time you know I have something set up, and then your phone. Oh yeah, it does its own thing. It does whatever it wants to do. Oh, yes. I need like a, a, an IT expert on this, but there's some <laughs> other sponsors as well. Here it is. Yes. Uh, sponsored by Beantown Gro uh, Greentown Wicked Baked Edibles. Yeah. And the campaign of Michael Maloney, independent for Suffolk County DA. Uh, it's an election broadcast special here at. You uh, don't want to miss it, y'all. EMF Radio, the Young it. Jerks. It's going to be hosted by Judy Foster. Yay. From the reality uh, broadcast on uh, Boston Praise Radio and TV. Uh, you can check out their Facebook as well. And uh, myself uh, from the Young Jerks. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have fun, aren't we? We're going to have big fun. We're it's like going to be amazing. Absolutely. Like, That's going to be yeah. 18. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to go. I will text you guys results as if I see them, but oh. you should play. Well, Are you going to be here that <laughs> after? I doubt it. I'll be running around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we could get you on. You. But maybe I'm going to like maybe I'll do try to call run over. Call I'll call call I'll definitely call in. Yes. Yeah. Certainly. Yes. Especially yeah. if you get a big candidate on. Oh, yeah. Yes. Give you some updates from oh, places. Nice. Perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Stay You'll be updates. our man about town. Love it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. We're going to have a major. Event. I can't wait. Oh, yes. So all kinds of things we're working on here at WEMF Radio and the Young big Jerks. Big things. The Jamaican them when I said big things are going. No fire. Yes. And I'm going to say like September. September. Yes, wait September. Till, wait till September. Wait till September. We got Big more things stuff coming. are going. And it's because of you and our listeners, and uh, it's it's great. You know, because I can't believe it. We're almost at five. Like next year, mm -hmm. 2019, we're going to be celebrating five years at EMF Radio. Five years of the Young Jerks. Wow. So and if you asked me five years ago when we started, would we still be going? I would definitely have said no. Um, I never expected it to get to where it is, and, and uh, that now we're bigger than we were three four years ago like we we got you know certain level and then you kind of think you're going to level off and maybe pull the plug and we almost did a couple times and uh today we're bigger than ever and it just i can't believe the future i am so happy about yes. everything so yes uh I'm when psyched. people say negative stuff and try to bring me down and remind me that i was a negative before it's just not working anymore i'm nope. just always positive yes. because of People like Judy and Calvin and the crew and, that we and have Ed. Ed here. We love you, and, Ed. And, uh, we love Radio you, and Brian Murphy. So yes. we're going to keep doing it. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. It's amazing. For sure. Young jerks. Later, people. Yes. Thank you. Peace. Rock on. Before I became a patient of Temesco Wellness, I'd worry when my cannabis supply was running low. I need cannabis to live pain-free. Temesco Wellness is expanding its network in Massachusetts with a care center in Hudson and two new centers in Framingham and Pittsfield opening soon. Our friendly, professional staff connects with patients to understand their medical conditions and help them choose the cannabis products that provide the most symptom relief. I just called the number on their website and a Temesco Wellness specialist walked me through applying for the Massachusetts Medical Marijuana Program. Once I was approved, I went to the center in Hudson. Not only did they have my favorite strain, they recommended a low-dose edible that's helped with sustained symptom relief. Our testing and production facility in Worcester means the quality of the products we cultivate for our Massachusetts patients is controlled and monitored by Temesco Wellness from seed to display. And we apply the same rigorous standards to the third-party retail products we carry. Temesco Wellness took all this 
stress out of getting the cannabis products I rely on. Visit ma.tomescowellness.com to learn more and get connected to the Massachusetts Medical Cannabis Program. Tomesco Wellness, quality cannabis for a better quality of life. Listen back to any WEMF broadcast at WEMFradio.com. 